Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. We're excited you're here, and we hope today's message encourages you, builds your faith, and brings you hope for the future. May God bless you as you listen in to today's message. sharing a story about um, talking with the kids and you know Presley just turned three years old and they were asking Presley well what do you want for your birthday and you know she was giving her little list of things and so then the kids said well when you were young you know daddy what did you ask for and he was um, he would say well back in the 1990s I wanted a Sony Walkman and that he was at they were explaining well what's a walkman well then we got the cd the sony cd player you know that we could walk around listen to music well what apps did it have on it and so he and he tells the story really great but then finally one of the kids said so dad in the 1900s what did you ask for (laughs) isn't it funny someday your hair will grow back or did you ever hear if you eat the crust on your bread you'll grow hair I, I, no, no, I was like, wait a minute, I see my mom and older sister shaving their legs all the time, I'm not eating the crust on my bread, and so I was like, no, it's too much time spent shaving legs in there, but I will tell you, God is good, we're going to give you out some gifts this morning, and so I'm going to ask the dad who most recently ate a healthy breakfast bar, who had a breakfast bar this morning, anybody, and you have to yell, yesterday? Nobody here is eating. Oh, wait, over here. Come on up here. Okay. Now, one of the things I know that your kids say about you is that you are kind. And so you get the kind bars, okay, breakfast bars. And then I need the dad who most recently went on a hike with their kids. Who hiked yesterday with their kids? Anybody? Nobody's a hiker Uh, on Friday or anytime this week. Anytime this week. When's the last time you took a hike? Like what? Three or four days? Either way, come up here because I know that you hike all the time. Okay, and so so we're going to give you the Cracker Jacks. There's a surprise, and I know your kids think that they never know what you and your wife are coming up with to surprise them with. So, and there's a surprise. Okay, a dad who's here whose daughter was most recently married. Neil's not here, though. Where's he at? He's not here. Any other dads here today? Is Neil out doing security? Okay, well, then we'll go ahead, and you can tell him. Patty, you take this to him. Say, you know what? Sometimes with kids raising kids, you can get all twisted. So there's some twisted pretzels there for you. Um, The dad who most recently fixed popcorn and ate popcorn with their kids. Okay, back here. Come on up. And so I believe that they also say that you have some jokes, but that sometimes your jokes are kind of cheesy. So you can have some cheesy pop. Do you love my jokes this morning? (laughs) He's like, no. There you go. Thank you very much. And then also, is there any dads in here that most recently gave some good financial advice to their child? They're all pointing at Greg. Greg, (laughs) Greg, come on up. So, Greg, I have to pick this one out for you because this is the Big Bag Chips. It's called Big Bag, and I know that your kids think you're a Big Bag of Laughs. And on the bottom it says Hot Fries, and that's what your wife has told me about you is that you're pretty hot. So there you go. All right. Um, the dad whose birthday is closest to today. Does anybody have a dad whose birthday is today? Are any dads in here today? Okay, any dads whose birthday's in the next week or the past week? No? Wait, you do? Come on up here. So as a dad, the older you get, you can become wise as an owl. There you go. Thank you. And then also now, the dad who most recently, think about this now, most recently had a kid who received an award. Now, if you already got a prize, you got a don't ask for a second one. Um, at women's retreat, I don't care. They'll want 10 prizes. So seriously, any dads who your son or daughter most recently received 
some kind of word. Who? Jeff? Oh, Jeff, come up here. And Jeff, I will. I know, honey, you're hurting because you participate in sports with your kids this week. <laughs> Stretch it out, buddy. Come on, do the walk. Do the walk. Everybody reach out your hands. Lord, heal Jeff right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. But Jeff, I will tell you, I know that you are extremely proud of your kids. And so it's okay to be all puffed up. So here's some puffed corn for you. <laughs> God bless you all. Amen. Well, we haven't forgot all the other fathers. So of all the other fathers, if you would stand at this time, we'd like to honor you, recognize you, all the fathers in the place today. While you're standing, we'd also like you to do me a favor. Can you make your way to the front here and gather around these altars? We have a gift for you, and we'd like you to come and stand at these altars, if you would, please. And we have a gift that we'd like to give to all you fathers this morning. But before we do that, we want to pray over you this morning. We truly want to pray over you, and we want to bless you. I pray that God will bless you when you're going in and you're going out. And this is one of my favorite songs, that God will bless you and you're going in and you're going out. And as we sing this song, wives, if you are here today and you want to stand behind your husband, we're going to sing a blessing over them. If you'd like to place your hand on your husband and stand by them, we'd like you to come and your father, if you're here, come and stand by your husband and we're going to sing this blessing over them today. The Lord bless you and keep you. And we're going to pray for our men, our fathers today. Ladies, there are some men up here who don't have family with them today. Come on up here, your prayer warriors. You ladies come up here and get behind them, lay your hands on them and pray for these men. Now let's do this today. Receive that blessing this morning. Come on. that man.
Father, this morning, we thank you for every one of these fathers who made an impact and impression in our lives, who have deposited so much within us. We pray that today that they can make a withdrawal from us. And that withdrawal, Lord God, is showing our love, our respect and honor towards these fathers today. I pray that, God, that these fathers will be a light, a light to their spouses, a light to their kids, a light to their community. Lord, as you say in your word that we are a light unto the world, how will they know if they do not see Jesus or the light of Christ in us? And I pray that these men, these fathers, will truly, truly walk in the light, that others will follow, know, sense, and feel that something is peculiar about these fathers. Bless them, keep them, and may your hand be upon them all the days of their life. We thank you, Father, for them. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Today, guys, God has called you to be the light. So today, we are going to give you the light so that you can be the light for others. So we have a gift for you. So make sure that you get one of the lights today and be the light. Put them in your glove box. They're great gifts. Make sure you grab one and help yourself right there and all in front of you. Make sure you get one. Be the light for Jesus. Be the light. Amen. Let's give it up for our dads as they're going back to their seats. Amen. All these fathers. Man, 50 or so men here. Look at this. Great. Awesome. Exciting. You got to pull out the string there, Bob. You got to pull out the tab there, Bob. You got you to gotta be smarter than the flashlight, Bob. Pull out the tab. There you go, Bob. There you go. All right, guys. Make sure they work, right? They work, man. They, all right. All right. Hey, we're excited today. We have a special guest with us today, and they're going to be blessing us here in a moment. But I want you to check out this video. There are nearly 8 billion people alive today, with over 2 billion people who have no knowledge of the gospel of Jesus. That's one in four people. Jesus gives us a command to share his love with others so that all may come to know him. The message is simple, yet many have not heard the good news or the promise given to those who believe. We're the Diedrichs, Julene and Todd. We believe God has called us to help minister to a people group of which many have not been introduced to the gospel. We've partnered with AG World Mission and have been appointed to serve as missionaries to Burundi, Africa. While serving in Burundi, our ministry will be connected to the Burundian National Church where we'll be delivering education and training programs to pastors and church leaders, as well as participating in compassion ministries such as medical outreaches and evangelism efforts. Burundi, Africa is located in East Africa and has a history of civil unrest, genocide, and national poverty. Burundi has been named the world's second poorest country with an average income of $648. The average age of a Burundian national is 14 years of age. The country of Burundi has certainly suffered great setbacks in the past However, the National Assemblies of God Church is alive and growing, and the opportunity to engage in ministry is now. The people of Burundi are resilient. They're loving and they're open to hearing the gospel. Please pray with us that the hearts of the Burundian people will continue to desire God and that our ministry will make an impact for eternity. With you and your partnership, we can be your hands and your feet in extending the gospel to a people of the lost world. To learn more about our ministry and the country of Burundi, you can visit our website, DietrichsJourney.com. Friends, we believe God has called us to an amazing opportunity through him, called by him, to represent the good news to others in the country of Burundi, Africa. Will you please consider partnering with us so that all may come to know him? 
Amen. Somebody say amen. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm excited about today as we welcome Todd and Julene. Let's welcome them today as they come and bless us. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor. Uh, we are so excited to be with you today. We are your missionaries to Burundi, Africa, Todd and Julene Dietrich. So thank you for allowing us to come today. Hey, Pastor, may, may I take a selfie with this uh, good-looking group? Yeah? Okay, good. Uh, awesome. So um, we, we tried this first service, and I have to tell you that kind of failed a little bit. Didn't you, wouldn't you say, Pastor? Like, they, they were a little weak, right? Okay. So we, um, we did this in kids' church a couple weeks ago at a church. So when we take your photo, a selfie here, it's one, two, three, monkey. Okay? All right. So now we're going to practice this. The, the first, first service had a little problem with that. So let, let's practice it. Okay? One, two, three, monkey. Woo. Pretty good, pretty good. Pastor, this second group is wild. <laughs> all right. They are awake. All right, so we're going to try this. Uh, now the, here's the real test, all right? One, two, three. Monkey. Nice. I'm impressed. Very cool. Hey, we are your missionaries to Burundi, Africa. And um, I, I want to start this morning by telling you a short story. Do you ever have one of those aha moments you know what I'm talking about, right? Where you go, whoa, like, and it was, it was real. It was about a, a month ago, we were setting up for a service in, in a church, and we were putting up our table and our other things that we have out in the foyer area, and I could overhear this conversation between a little girl and, and a mom, and they were having this exchange back and forth, and the little girl was asking the mom, Who, who's here today? What's going on? Like, why, why is that guy? Whatever, and I, I, as I was curious, I, I turned around, and I saw the, the mom pointing at me, and she said, well, right there is the missionary that's going to be here from Africa. And friends, I have to tell you, it was in that aha moment that I went, whoa, like, God, I, I can't believe that you would entrust us to go to Africa to represent you. You, you know what I'm talking about when you've had those moments, and it's just like so surreal. So, friends, we, we are honored that God has chosen us to go to the mission field and to be his hands and his feet extended. We believe that God has paved the way for us to be missionaries in Burundi and to work alongside the Burundian National Assemblies of God Church. You see, our story begins several years ago when God has been preparing us to be missionaries, and we didn't even know it at that point in time. But through listening to God's voice... We know that he's prepared us to be his hands and feet to a country that so desperately needs Jesus. So we have been missions pastors at Northridge Church in Marshfield for the past 12 years. We've also worked secular jobs, and we've had the distinct honor and privilege of traveling physically around the world, the 30-plus countries doing missions, outreaches, medical, and kids' ministry, and just all kinds of things, building projects. And it was during those years, I must confess, that God got a hold of our hearts and said, hey, Dietrichs, you are called. Like, I I'm calling you to a time and a place, oh, but it it's not now. I'll, I'll let you know when. Don't you love it when God does that, right? You know what I'm talking about. And friends, it was during that period of time where God really did call us to full-time missions. And the time is here and the time is now. We're scheduled to go to a country called Burundi. And with all honesty and transparency, friends, 12, 18 months ago, we didn't know where Burundi, Africa was, right? But God had laid that on our heart in, in preparation of going to Burundi. Now, Burundi is a really small country. It's located next to the Republic of Congo, Rwanda, and Tanzania. It's a country that's heart-shaped. It's called the, the heart of East Africa. It's a country with 12 million people, if you can imagine that. And it's a very, very poor country, second poorest country in the world, as you heard in the video, with average annual income of $648. Now, what's really interesting about the country of Burundi is there's three people groups there, a little history for you, the Tutsis, the Hutsis, and the Twa. I'm, I'm going to test you later on those names, right? And so there was a civil unrest, a civil war that took place from 1993 to 2006, and there was a group of people in, in the government and in the cities that claimed they were superior to the other people group in the country. And this major clash had happened from 1993 to 2006, and physically hundreds of thousands of people were killed during that time frame. But what's really interesting is the average age 
of the population, 45% of the country, if you can imagine that, is age 14 years of age or younger. Nearly half of the country, and it's a result of, of the war. Now, there has not been Assemblies of God world missionaries in the country of Burundi since 2006. So the time is right, and the doors are now open for missionaries to return to the country of Burundi. We often get asked, well, what language do they speak there? Well, they have two main languages. The first is French, which is the language of the government, so business and healthcare, and it's spoken in cities. In fact, Todd and I are trying to learn uh, French, and uh, a couple Sundays ago I was going to practice, but it didn't go so well. <laughs> I think I said something about a lady with a purple hat or something. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> yeah, it was. As we were driving over that morning, she goes, I think I've been taking these lessons. I'm going to practice French. And I go, oh, are you sure you're ready? Um, yeah, you weren't, no. but that's okay. I'm still working on it, <laughs> trust me. And then the second language they speak is Kurundi. So Kurundi, if you think of Kurundi, Burundi, it kind of rhymes, so if that helps you. But that's more in the rural areas. And then they are actually teaching English to the younger people. So if there's somebody on the street that's 9 or 10 years old, I'm going to ask them to help me interpret what I don't know. And we often get asked, well, what are you going to eat while you're there? And so I'm thankful there's sweet potatoes. There's a root vegetable called cassava. There's pineapple and bananas. But their favorite dish is called ugali. Any of you ever had ugali, been to Africa at all? But basically, it's a mixture of flour and water without seasoning. And it's the consistency of paste. It's awful. Let's be honest. It, it is <laughs> it's awful. Bad. Yeah, it's, it is bad. <laughs> <laughs> So we're going to learn to love it, and we're going to pray over it each time. And then we often get asked, well, what is the religion there? Their main religion is Christianity, but I have to tell you, it's a namesake only. Many people just attend church for baptisms or for Easter or for weddings. But I'm here to tell you that the country, the Assemblies of God Church in that country is alive, and it's thriving. They have 63 churches, and with a country of 12 million people, they have a long way to go into providing more churches in that country. And so as a medical provider, I'll be going there to help with the church plants. And I'll be doing outreaches, medical outreaches, in those areas in which they want to do the church plants. So we'll meet their spiritual needs along with their physical needs at those outreaches. So my professional background has been banking, um, executive level leadership, uh, healthcare administration, and I've also been a college professor with the University of Wisconsin Education System for 26, 27 years. And I just want to share a quick story about how God has really been preparing us for our journey. And, and friends, I have to tell you, it truly is a journey. It was a number of years ago, a handful or, or more years, that God had laid in my heart that I needed to physically go back to school and complete my doctorate degree. And we had lots of conversation about that going, why, and in right expense, and in perhaps not, not necessary. But friends, it was all part of God's preparation, because as we go to Burundi, the, the goal is for me to come alongside the national church, and are you ready for this, to establish the first ever Bible school and training center in the country of Burundi. That's phenomenal, right, to, to think that we can have people come from the country, be trained as pastors, and go back to the village and the city in the town that they might have come from. They understand, that obviously, the culture and the language and all of those variables, but they can be an effective minister of the gospel by having appropriate training. It's just an incredible opportunity. We're often asked, well, how how did you choose Burundi? And we like to say, you know what, we just put, we just sat before God and said, God, show us where you may want us to go and what you may want us to, to do for you. And so we say that Burundi really found us as we're scheduled um, today, Lord willing, and, and the plans don't change to go to Burundi. But God has really prepared us for such a time and such a place. And it, it truly has been a journey of us being obedient to God. Th thank you, Julene, for, for sharing this morning in terms of our obedience. I have to, to tell you, friends, that... Um, I believe as we approach the message this morning that God has laid on my heart a message for, for someone, maybe several people here today. I, I, I don't know, but we always spend time in prayer and fasting as we're getting ready to go to a service, and, and we say, God, show us what you want us to, to, to say, what you want us to do. And I, I believe God has laid on my heart uh, this morning a message. It, it's a very familiar story. If you have your Bible with, me, with you this morning, I invite you to turn to Judges chapter 6, starting in verse 
11. You're familiar with, with the story. It's, it's a wonderful story. It's an, a story that we often talk about and we look at in kids' church and Sunday school. It's the story of Gideon. And friends, um, the, the story of Gideon really is a theme about obedience and the obedience that God has laid on Julian and my hearts to be called to full-time ministry in the missions field. And so follow along with me, if, if you would, this morning as we prepare our hearts to receive, again, what God may have for you. Again, Judges 6, starting in verse number 11, it reads, The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Oprah that belonged to Joash the Abiezrite, where his son Gideon was thrashing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all of this happened to us? Where are all of the wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of the Midian. Verse 14, the Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of the Midian hand. Am I not sending you? Bow your heart, to, if you would, for me. Thank you, Father, for your word, for this opportunity to share this morning, Father. I pray that you not let the words that I speak be the, the words of me, but that you, you translate and you deliver the words as your people, your church needs to hear. Father, open our ears to hear and our minds to understand, again, the principle that you have for us this day. We thank you for it in your name. Amen. We see in, in Judges 6.14, I just read that scripture verse. It says, the Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of the Midian's hands. Am I not sending you. I want you to think about that, that scripture verse for, for just a moment. Am I not sending you? We know the, the story of Gideon. It's a, a very popular story. And we know from scripture that Gideon was appointed by God. In fact, we know from scripture he was called to be a judge. Now, what's really interesting in, in biblical times is the word judge is often referred to as a political leader or perhaps a, a local hero and, and often and most often a warrior. And the, the actual translation of the word judge is to mean deliverer. Think about that, the, the deliverer, the term. And what we see during this period of time, and we can read it over in Scripture and we can study it, that during this period of time, God is wanting to set the Israelites free. The, the Israelites were brought out of slavery after 400 years in captivity, and, and God had pledged the promised land to the Israelites, uh, a, a land flowing with, with milk and, and, and honey. And life was, was relatively good. They were moving toward the promised land, and, and the Israelites were, were living life and they had suddenly become complacent, grumbling and, and, and complaining. And, and we see that during this period of time, the Israelites were, were beginning to sin and, and turn their back on, on God. In fact, we reread in the opening sentences in Judges chapter 6 that the Israelites did evil in the sight of the Lord. Now, what's really interesting as you study this portion of Scripture, the Israelites were taken captive by the Midianites. And they were being held captive, but they, they weren't just captive for a short period of time. They had actually been captured and were being held captive for seven years. And, and God allowed it because of the evil acts that the Israelites had done. Think about the, a seven-year period the Israelites are, are living in captivity. It's interesting because we, as we studied this scripture, they were being held by the Midianites, and the Midianites would often come every single year. It had been tradition since they were holding the Israelites captive that they would come at harvest time. The Israelites had planted their crops. They were, they were thrashing wheat. They were harvesting. They would come, and they, they would pillage the village. They would take their crops. They would take their cattle. They would take women and, and children. 
Again, God allowed that to happen because of their sinful nature. But we see the Israelites, uh, and, and isn't, isn't it just like human, crying out to God, oh, God, save me, God. Like, why are you allowing this to happen? Right from the human perspective, we do that. When we're in the valley, we, we cry out, but we often forget when we're on the mountaintop with God to, to thank him for his deliverance. We know it's, it's harvest time at this time of the year, and, and we know that the Midianites are more than likely coming again this year because that's what they do. They come every year at harvest time. But what's really interesting about this story, we see Gideon. He, he, he's a farmer at this point, even though he was called to be a judge. We see Gideon in the wine press. There he is in the wine press, and it says in Scripture that he's thrashing wheat. Now, I've studied this a little bit, and it's odd because a wine press is normally a damp, cool place, usually surrounded by big trees. It's cool. But we see Gideon in a wine press. Like, why would you be thrashing wheat in a wine press. Normally, when you thrash wheat at harvest time, you go to a hillside, you take the stalks of wheat, and you shake them, right? And, and the wheat falls to the ground, and the shaft blows away in the wind. How's, how's that going to happen in a wine press? But very clearly in Scripture, it tells us he's in a wine press. But as we continue to read, we learn he's, he's hiding out. He, he, he's playing low, like he knows it's harvest time, and he knows, he remembers what's happened for the past seven years. The Midianites come. Now, what's really interesting, he's hanging out, but it's not the right place. Gideon's continuing his work. We, we know this part of the story. He, he's doing whatever he's doing in the, the wine press, again, inadequate to thrash wheat. And an angel taps him on the shoulder. Hey, Gideon, I've got a word for you from God. God's calling you. He's, he wants you to lead the Israelites out of the hands of the Midianites. Gideon's response is, whoa, angel friend, I think you got the, the, the wrong guy. Like, why don't you try the guy down the, the, the next uh, wine press over? I, I'm sure he's, he's better qualified. We see the angel go, no, 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 Gideon, maybe you're not understanding this, my friend, right? God's calling you. We read it in verse 14, go in the strength they have and save Israel out of the Midianites' hands. Am I not sending you? That's a pretty big question. Am I not sending you to take care of what God has called you to do? Now, what's really interesting in this story is we see Gideon having to be obedient obedient to what God's calling is. He, he tried to, to sweep it off, but then we see Gideon get caught in that but, 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 you've ever been in that but state where you go, God, okay, I'll, I'll do anything you want except but. You know what I'm talking about. It's that human perspective. So we see Gideon go before God and said, God, okay, like, okay, you might be calling me. I, I get it, but, but, but how, how, about, how about you just confirm with me? I, I want to put this fleece down on the wine press floor, and if you make that fleece wet and the ground dry, I'll know that it's really you. Will you do that for me, God? The next morning, he, he lays out the fleece that night. The next morning, what do you, we know in Scripture what happens, right? Boom wet and, and dry. Now, if you were Gideon, like, whoa, uh, that, that was just a little bit too easy of a test, right? Like, um, okay. Um, then we, we, we see Gideon in Scripture go, but, 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 but. You know what I'm talking about from a human perspective. We begin to question what God might be doing in our hearts and lives. And Gideon goes, God, will you just indulge me one more time? Will you let me lay that fleece down again? Right? That was just too easy. How about this time we make the fleece dry and the ground wet? Then I'll know it's really you. You know what happens, right? Gideon puts the fleece out. Boom. It's exactly as he had asked. We see him, Gideon, obedient, and he, he, he takes the assignment. Not that he had a choice, right, but he thought he did, just uh, sometimes like us. We think we have choices when God asks us to do something and to be obedient, but we see Gideon out of an act of obedience moving forward. 
we see Gideon, he, he begins to gather a group of army men and, and soldiers, and he begins to train with them. And we know by scripture he's got an army of 32,000 men. They're doing war maneuvers, and they're getting ready because, oh, he's going to bring victory because God told them that he was going to bring victory, and he, he's training, and he's doing all of those things. He's in the middle of, of all of that work and all of that training, and boom, God taps him on the shoulder. Hey, Gideon, you got way too many soldiers here, my friend. You don't, you don't need 32,000 men. Here's what I want you to do, Gideon. I want you to send home every single soldier that doesn't want to be here. Send him home. You know what happens, right? 22,000 men go home that day. Can you imagine two-thirds of your army being sent home? You just took an assignment from God, and you've got to be thinking from a human perspective. Are you kidding me, God? Like, you want me to do what? But we see Gideon be obedient, and he sends home 22,000 men. He's now got an army of 10,000 men. Okay, Gideon, right? He, he rolls up his sleeves. He's doing war games. He's training. He's doing all of those things that he needs to do. He's going to get ready. We know what happens. God taps him on the shoulder again. Hey, Gideon, you've got way too many men. What are you doing? You don't need that many men. Just trust me. Be obedient to me. Here's what I want you to do, Gideon. I want you to take that group of 10,000 men down to the river, and I want you to, to watch them drink. Oh, 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 okay, God, you want me to watch my men drink? Yeah, but here, here, here's what I want you to watch, right? I, I want you to watch those that cup their hands and that lap water from their hands like a dog. Those are your men, Gideon. That's all you need. Do that. We see Gideon again in an act of obedience. He takes his men down to the river, does exactly as God instructs him, and he's got 300 men. Can you imagine what Gideon is feeling right now? 32,000 men, 10,000 men, 300 men, and you want me to defeat the Midianites? Come on. Are you serious, God? Why? How, how can I do that? From a human perspective, we look at that, and we go, that's impossible. Those of you that, that like numbers and, and, and stats, think about this. When, when Gideon had an army of 32,000 men, what, what, were the, what was the ratio of men of Gideon's armies to the Midianite? There was one soldier of Gideon, Gideon to four of the Midianites. One to four. Okay, that, that's pretty reasonable, right? From a strategy standpoint, doing all of the right things, you might be able to, to really conquer and defeat the enemy. 25%, one to four, pretty good. But friends, here, 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 here's the ratio. When Gideon ends up with 300 men, it's one of Gideon's men to 450 Midianites. The numbers are clearly against Gideon. There, there's no doubt about it. He's got to know that from a human perspective. He's going, how is that possible? How, how God, do you think this could happen? Think about things in, in your own life that God might be calling you to, going, God, this is impossible. This can't happen. This is, this is just not real. But we see something really interesting in Scripture at this point. Gideon, it says in Scripture, gets down on his knees and says, God, tell me what you want me to do. <laughs> what do you want me to do, God? Like, show me, tell me. Right? God gives him a plan. He goes, take those 300 men, divide them into three groups of 100. And here, here's the real kicker. Uh, you don't, don't use like military weapons. Use some household things like picture, pitchers and torches and, and um, trumpets. Right? But you got to be wondering, really, God, you want me to do what? Think about that, right? Makeshift weapons. Friends, the, the journey that Julian and I are, are on, we've learned some really valuable lessons. And friends, we can, we can tell you, God doesn't call you to do hard stuff, but he calls you to do the impossible. But when you're obedient to him, that, that, that impossible, as we read in scripture and we study the, this simple Gideon story, God brings victory. Think about what happens. It's the, the odd strategy that God sometimes deploys, and, and we question God's ability. Now, we, we, we know the battle goes on as the story continues. It, it's kind of interesting because we see in Scripture, it, it very clearly calls this out, and I think this is kind of interesting. The battle 
began at midnight. That, that's odd to me, right, as I studied that a little bit, going, why in the world would the battle begin at midnight? What significance does that have? Well, it's interesting. Research and, and study shows us that as we sleep, our, our REM cycle, our deepest sleep, deepest time of, of sleep in, at, at night is midnight to 2 a.m., and it's interesting that the Midianite camp had several outposts where there were soldiers that would guard that, and they changed the guard at, at midnight. Now, I don't know about you, but if, if somebody woke me up at midnight, I'd be droggy, and I'd be going, like, I'm half asleep. Like, what, what's going on, right? Perhaps it was all part of the plan that God had given to Gideon to, to do some sort of surprise attack at, at the midnight hour. But we, we learn, nonetheless, that the, the attack happens at midnight. Gideon gathers his men around, and he goes, hey, here, here, here's the deal, guys, right? Um, this is how we're going to do this, right? Here, here are your weapons. Passes out the, the trumpets and the pitchers and, and the torches. Now, what's really interesting, and I, I can't find anything in Scripture, is we don't know what Gideon's men were thinking. Like, what, from the human perspective, if I were one of those 300 men that were left, I had to know that there were 32,000 men, right? I, I was doing war games with them and maneuvers and preparation, but now there's only 300. Like, how do you think they were feeling? So not only was Gideon obedient to God, but Gideon's men were obedient and following the instructions of Gideon. It's interesting how that obedience rolls down, and we see these 300 men, Gideon's giving them instructions, but then he added a fourth element. He goes, oh, you know what, here's your pitcher, here's your torch, and here, here's your, your trumpet. Uh, just for fun, how about we just yell after we, we've broken the pitcher and we've lit the torch? Let, let's just yell. Maybe it's good measure, right? Maybe it was startle effect at, at midnight, right? You, you get woke up in the middle of the night, your phone rings, boom, you startle awake. So think about all of the, the elements of, of how God's specific timing aligns. It's not by, by coincidence, God's timing. But we see some really interesting things or, or takeaways in Scripture. We see that Gideon works it out on his knees. He, he faces the battle with a victorious approach and being obedient to God. He uses makeshift weapons. He doesn't need anything elaborate in terms of military. He just listens to the voice of God, and he follows exactly what God had set before him. It's God's perfect timing. But you see, friends, when we're obedient, God can work through our obedience. And he, he stages the battle for victory in whatever it is that he might call us to and through. Friends, I can, I can tell you, I can assure you, Julene and I are on this obedient journey. We never thought at this point in, in our life that God would call us uh, overseas to, to do missions work. We, we always said, hey, we'll go wherever you want us to go, God. We'll do whatever it is that you want us to do, right? Just don't send us to Africa, right? It's easier said than done, friends, right? When, when you like your job and you like financial security and you have a home that you're comfortable in and family and friends, but it's all part of God's obedience. It's interesting. God laid on our hearts the term obedient as we were praying and fasting, going, God, what do you want? Where do you want us to go? What do you want us to do? And it's interesting, that word obedient. There, there's a little word inside the word obedience. It's a two-letter word that's be. Be obedient. Look at the word. Stop at our table and pick up one of our prayer cards. It, it's kind of it's kind of creepy almost, right? It says right there in the word, be obedient. God's giving us the instructions to be obedient in whatever it is that he might ask us for. It's an action word, right? Obedience to go or to come or to take place, to, to do something, to be something. Friends, I have to tell you, God has called us to, to full-time ministry. We, we don't question that and we don't doubt that at all. Not, not, not for a moment. But friends, what, what's interesting as I was preparing the message for this morning is, I believe there's someone here today that God might be working on. And he might be saying something like, hey, just be obedient to me. Trust me. I don't, I, I don't, I don't know who you are. I don't know what God's laid on your heart. I don't know what path God has you on. 
Maybe it's to move across town. Maybe it's to move across the country to take a new job. Maybe it's to help that neighbor across the street that you just go, oh, that guy just bugs me a lot. What if, what if, what if God were actually calling you to full-time ministry? What if God were calling you to be a pastor or a missionary? Would you, would you heed that call? Again, I don't know where you're at, but I believe if you're listening, God will show you. And friends, that's, that's, that's hard because God calls us for different seasons and different times in our life. Sometimes when it's most unexpected, God calls us. As I said just a, a moment ago, Julian and I are, are living this journey. And, and friends, it, it, it truly is a journey. Some mornings we wake up and we say, God, are you sure? Right? As we're visiting churches and family and friends, we're, we're often asked, hey, what can we do? How can we help your ministry? What, how, how can we support you? We say three simple things. The first one is, we covet your prayers. Pray for us, friends. The country that we're scheduled to go to is not safe. It's on the United States do not travel to list. In fact, just last week, we subscribed to some news feeds, and the city that we're scheduled to live in had a bunch of bombings, and businesses were closed, and roads were closed, and the government had to intervene, right? It's not safe. We pray. We say, please pray for us for our protection and our wisdom and direction over whatever the mission is that God might call us to. Second thing is uh, we, we, we have not gone to Broody yet. We can't get there, obviously, with all of the craziness happening with COVID and travel and some of those things. And so we're doing our, our, our itineration, right? We're, we're fundraising and we're visiting and we're, we're creating things that we haven't done before. So we created something called our encouragement partnership. And you say, well, what in the world is an encouragement partnership? Friends, we will be 8,955 miles away from our home in Marshfield where we're scheduled to go. We're going to completely unfamiliar language and people groups and food. We ask that you encourage us along the way with a, a, an email, a Facebook message, whatever it might be. Send us a birthday card or a Christmas card. Just send it four months in advance. We, we tested this, friends, with all sincerity. Uh, back in October, we have a friend who's living in Burundi. Her name is Anna, and we, we sent her a Thanksgiving card thinking that, oh, we'll mail it at the end of October. She'll get it in plenty of time for Thanksgiving. She called us. I remember the day or emailed or whatever it was. I don't recall. Uh, she got the, the card on February 26th. I look at Julian, and I say, oh, you mailed her a card? She goes, no, I'm right. It was the Thanksgiving card. The third thing that we, we ask people to do, and God may be speaking to you today, and, and we pray that he is, that you support our ministry financially on a monthly basis. We, we can't go to, to our mission field, to the mission that God's called us to, until we are fully funded. We won't have jobs. We won't have paychecks. And, and God's calling us to go. But we have to rely on the big church, you, to help us to meet our financial needs for our ministry and our living expenses. And that may be your act of obedience, to, to pray for us, to encourage us, to give. I don't know. I don't know what God's laid in your heart or where you're at, but God does. And we just ask that you be obedient to him and whatever it is that he might be calling you to do. Obedience. Just like Gideon, just like Julian and I are living. It's intimidating, friends, right? But I challenge you again this morning, what might be the call that God's placing before you? How is he asking you to be obedient and, and are you responding as he would? We, we, we pray for every church service and every, every person, even we, though we don't know names, we say, oh God, just Holy Spirit, speak to people's hearts and lives and meet them where they're at because we don't know, but you know. And friends, that's our, our prayer for, for you, that, that you pray for us and, and in return, we pray for you that God will speak to you and show you where you need to be obedient to him just like the Gideon story, that simple story in those acts of obedience. Bow your heart with me this morning as we close in prayer. 
Thank you, Heavenly Father, that you are a God of the impossible. God, thank you that you call us to obedience, even though it's painful and it's stretching our faith. Father, we pray over this group of believers. Father God, the, the church, the big church, Father, that you would just speak, that you would minister. Father, I don't know the hearts. I don't know the minds. I don't know where people are at, but you do. Father, I pray that you would give encouragement, that you would give courage, that you would give strength, that you would invoke obedience in your your children. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father, for sending us to be your hands and feet, Father. But it's not Julene and I going alone. We may be the hands and the feet of you, Father, but it's the big C church, the church, our brothers and sisters in Christ being part of the ministry. Father, we thank you and we praise you this day. We love you. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Let's give it up for Todd and Julene. Can we do that? Amen. Isn't God good? Isn't God good? God is so good. Hey, uh, before we transition, before we leave, I just want to say this to you guys. Uh, Wednesday, for those, is D-Nack's funeral. Uh, we'll be celebrating her celebration, her return home. And so it's going to be the viewing from 10 to 11. 11 till noon will be this, the service. And then right after that will be the luncheon. So uh, that will be following uh, this Wednesday at 11, uh, 10 o'clock. One of the things that we love to do as a church, and if you're visitors here today, what we love to do as a church is we love to give towards our missionary. So at the back, there will be the ushers in the back. If you want to write a check out to Adventure Church, every penny will go to Todd and Jolene, and we want to encourage you to do so. We want to be able to send them off. We want to be able to bless them. We want to be able to really, really be able to send them off to be the big church, so to speak, if that's a good term. And so we want to encourage you to do so. And also, we just want to encourage you to be here next Saturday. It's going to be a great time. I promise you it's going to be a great time. Then and now, what we're going to be doing in our service for the grand opening. Will you stand with us today? And the ushers will be in the back door. You can give towards that. Let me just pray over you this morning. I want to say thank you for being here. If you're a visitor here today, thank you for being here. Make sure you fill out your card, get your gift. It will be great. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for Father's Day. Thank you for the fun that we had, the breakfast, and all the things that we've done. We ask God that you bless us now and bless the dads. Go with us as we go our way. We thank you, Father, and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you today. God bless you. Have a great day. God bless you. Thank you for listening to today's message. If this message has encouraged you in any way, please consider giving to Adventure Church to help continue this ministry. Giving is safe and easy through our website at www.adventurechurchsiren.com. Thank you for your generous support.